Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Disciples and us also 
since it's written in the Bible, the things that we need to know to live the Christian life. And then chapters 18 to 21 are the, the sovereignty of the Savior because Jesus gives up his life, right? He does, no man takes his life from him, but he lays his life down for the sheep that people may be saved, right? That's right. So we've been talking about Nicodemus and he, Jesus has said to him four times, he says, you, you, he says, most assuredly, remember that means listen up. What I'm about to say is very important. He says, most assuredly, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he tells them, most assuredly, unless one's uh, born again, he, he, he cannot see, he cannot enter the kingdom. Uh, unless you're born in the water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he tells him about the spirit, how it's here and it's there. You can't see it, but you can do what? See the effects, right? Because when people get saved, you know something happened to them. If they're really, truly saved. Mm -hmm. And he says, how can these things be? And he says, are you the teacher of Israel? And you do not understand these things. If I told you earthly things, these simple things, and you can't understand them, how can I tell you the heavenly things, the great things of God, right? And he begins to tell him about that example in the Old Testament where, where Moses lifted up the serpent and the serpent was a picture of Jesus Christ and that, mo that picture of Jesus being on that cross, that snake, because he became sin for us and when the people were bitten by the snakes because they had sinned and done so much wickedness, when uh, Moses was up on the mountain and he was... Give the Ten Commandments. They've done all these wicked things. And then he comes down and these serpents are biting them. And, and they say, do something for us. Help us here. And guess what? He makes this snake and puts it on a pole. And, and they say, well, if you just look, you'll live. And you know that's what Jesus says. Look, believe, and live. You look and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You believe that believe that he died, was buried, rose again the third day. You put your faith in that, and that's what forgives you and saves you, right? right. Remember the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't say behave for the Lord Jesus Christ, or be baptized for the Lord Jesus Christ, or take communion for the Lord Jesus Christ, or be confirmed, or join the church, or do this, and don't do that, but it says believe, right? right. Believe means you believe today, you trusted in him, you trusted him tomorrow. You trusted him the next day. It's an ongoing thing. It's a past action with an ongoing result. Because you believed and trusted in him for your salvation, every day you do that. As we sing in the song, trust and obey, right? Yes, sir. Every day we, yeah. we trusted him for our salvation, and every day we trust him, and every day we obey. That's the Christian life. So let's read verses 16. And go on from there because he talked about verse 15. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And in verse 16 he says, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not, have, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. 
For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So Nicodemus is listening to Jesus and Jesus tells him whoever believes what? And him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? And so one man said it like this. I was trying to see. I tried to write this and get this down today so, so you could understand that he says that God is the greatest person and he gave the love of the greatest degree to the world, the greatest object. And he gave his only begotten son the greatest gift that whoever believes, that's the greatest invitation. And whoever believes, that's the greatest decision in him the greatest object of faith. He's the greatest object of faith that we should not perish and, but would have the greatest deliverance and the greatest promise is that we would have eternal life, the wonderful greatest blessing that God can give. It's the greatest truth and the greatest thing ever, right? And so the bottom line is, is God so loved the world, right? You can just break that up. They said a man named D.L. Moody. He started the Moody Bible College. And it's kind of gotten off track now. But back in the 1800s, Moody began to train people to go do ministry. And, and he didn't speak real well. And they invited him to England. And they said he murdered the king's English and couldn't talk good. But... But he had the spirit of God on him and God worked mightily. But he took this passage one time and all those greatest things that I just talked about, he, he broke them down one night, one every night for ten nights about the greatest love, the greatest gift, the greatest object, the greatest promise, the greatest blessing, the greatest everything, right? And he came back and he did that and he said, for God. God did what? He so loved. And who did he love? God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. His, and, and what did he give? His only begotten. That whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish. But then you break it down, but have what? Everlasting life. And so you can break it down. And when you break it down that way, you just see all the different parts and all the things that God did for us. And to hang naked on the cross, to be beaten and whipped and mistreated and do all the things that he did so that we might go to heaven. Think about that. He did that for you and he did that for me because we're the what? We're sinners. You know, people think, well, I'm okay. And I'm, you know, I remember that book. I'm okay. You're okay. Anybody remember that book? But, you know, we're not. We're not okay. We're, we all have sinned short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, right? And Romans 3 just says their mouth is an open tomb. There's none that does good. There's none, there's none, there's none, there's none. He says, I don't know how many times there's none, there's none, there's none. But every single one of us need a Savior. And you know, if we could get to heaven on our own, Jesus could have just stayed in heaven, right? But what did God do? He sent his only begotten son. Remember, that's the uniquely born son. Remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, Abraham, he had that, that only begotten son, right? That uniquely born son that, 
he was about 100 years old and his wife Sarah was about 90. And they had that, that uniquely born son. And he was a picture of Jesus Christ because he told him to go and, and sacrifice him. And, and, and that boy Isaac carried the wood. That wood was a picture of the cross, right? And he laid him on that wood and he, and he says, now who? He says, Father, I see the wood and I, and I see all these things, but, but where's the lamb? You know, and he says, God will provide himself a lamb. And there was one caught in the thickets there. And they killed that instead of killing this boy because he said to Abraham, Abraham, I know now that you love me more than your boy. And so he knew that, but Abraham didn't know, right? But remember Abraham when he goes out into Hebrews and it says, he told, him, he told everybody, we will go and worship and we will come back. And when you look at Hebrews, he believed that God would resurrect that boy from the dead if he had to, if he, even, if he was ultimately to kill him. He said he believed that God would bring him back from the dead. And so we think about Jesus that, that nobody else could die in our place. Nobody could die for our sons, for our sins, because why? He was that uniquely born son that he was what? Born of a virgin, right? Remember, when Joseph wants to put her away, he wants to divorce her because back then when they were engaged and trove for a year, they had this period of time to find out if the woman was pregnant and, and go through all these things. And during that period of time that Mary's found with child, right? And he's going to put her away privately. He's not, he's not going to publicly divorce her because at that point they, it was considered, they were considered to be married. And so he's going to put away privately. But, the Holy, but God through the Holy Spirit speaks to him and said, that which is in her is conceived of the Holy Spirit, right? And so that baby was uniquely born. And it was a, a, all God and all man. And it, didn't, it, it, it wasn't of Joseph's seed because it hadn't been born of a man. Guess what? It would have been a sinner. He would have been a sinner, right? But because the Holy Spirit deposited Jesus in that womb, that he was all God and he was all man, and he came through the kingly line, through both sides, through Mary's line and Joseph's side. So had the Greeks not been in charge, the Romans been in charge, he could have been a physical king, right? But what is it? He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. And the Bible says that Isaiah says, that child will be born unto us. He will be the prince of peace, eternal father, and all of these things, the mighty God. And that's what he is. Because he was all God and all man. And he had that blood. He could shed that blood on the cross. And in Acts he says that we are saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood. Because John says in 129 of John 1 and one other place, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Because what did they do? They killed all those little lambs. And those lambs were a picture of Jesus. But those lambs could never take away sin. They just covered sin. They just temporarily covered that sin so that God was satisfied because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But listen to what it says next. Whoever believes ha has 
everlasting life, right? Everlasting is how long? Forever, right? right. So when we trust Christ, we have eternal life. We not we, we don't just some people say, well, you just go and you die and you just vanish away, you know. But the Bible says, you know, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But no, that soul is eternal. And it goes somewhere, either heaven or hell. And we all have to make a choice. We, we can't be like Switzerland and do what? Be neutral, right? Switzerland always tried to be neutral and said, well, I'm not going to get involved in this war. I'm not going to be involved in that. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, I'm not going to make a choice. Well, guess what? You just did. Because listen to what he says in the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, the Bible has already said that whoever sins shall die and go to hell, right? All of sin that comes short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is what? Yeah. Death. And so if it, we've ever done anything wrong in our life, guess what? We're already on a train headed for hell. So we're already condemned because we're going to see that in a minute. Again, he'll repeat that in a minute. But listen, Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn the world. We are already condemned by the way we live, the things we do. The moment Adam and Eve sinned and everybody began to sin from that day on. But he says he came that the world might be saved. So if we can be saved any other way, then he could have stayed in heaven, but he came that we might be saved. Right. Listen to what verse 18 says. He who believes in him is not condemned. Alright? If you believe in him, you're not condemned, right? But he who does not believe is condemned already because why? He has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Mm -hmm. So you can't say, well, I'm alright with God. I'm a friend of Jesus if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because the Bible says whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Remember Jesus told the Pharisees, he'll tell them later on, he says, he said, I, didn't, I, I, I don't come to condemn you, or I'm not going to condemn you, I'm not come to judge you. But my words, they are the things what Moses wrote, those judge you, right? Because God's already laid the standard out and said that all are sinners and all need a Savior. And without Jesus, we're all headed to hell. And that's why we need to trust in Christ, right? Whoever does not believe is condemned already because why? Not because he hasn't been baptized or joined a church or done good works or any of these things, but because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What is the name of the Son of God? It's all that God stands for, right? right. He's holy and pure and righteous and that Jesus is God and He yeah. was born of a virgin and He, he lived a sin, perfect sinless life. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again the third day. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It says that, that one day every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is is God to the glory of the Father. Because why? Because he humbled himself and became a man and died on the died a death. Not only death, but the death of the cross. And therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the what? The name that is above every name. That at the name of the Lord, that's the name, Lord Jesus Christ, 
Now, every the, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess mm -hmm. that yes. Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. So he says, "This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. The light has come into the world. Who's the light? We already saw that back in chapter one, right? Yeah. He's he's the light of the world, right? Yeah. In chapter eight, he says he's the light of the world." He's the holiness, the purity, the righteousness of the world. That's what light stands for when you see in the book of John. And he says, but, and men love what? Darkness rather than light. They love because their deeds were evil. They love evil. They love hatred. They love lying. They love untruth. They love doing all these wicked things. You know that same word that God uses, God so loved the world? Y'all know that's the word agape, right? Or agape, however you pronounce it. It means that willful love. See, God chose to love us in spite of who we were, right? He chose to love us in spite of what we would do, in spite of what we would do even after we were saved because He knew we were but dust and that we would not be perfect and we would still sin after we've been saved. But he died. That's why he died for all of our sins, right? But then he says here that these people, they love the darkness. See, this is the same Greek word, love, agape. They willfully choose their sin. So I remember talking to a guy, it's been a few years ago, he's dead now. I hope to God he trusted Christ. But he, 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 I first met him because he had a drinking problem, right? Ended up in prison because of his drinking problem. Somebody said, well, well, call this guy. And he called me, and, or his mom did, I think. And I got in touch with him. I began to spend some time with him. And, and, and one day, you know, he, he just kind of went on his own. And next thing you know, he was doing all kinds of things, even worse than he was before, right? And, and he never, never went back to prison as far as I know. But what happened? He, he continued to live that way. And one day I was talking to him and I, I began to talk to him. And I thought, okay, he really understood it today. And I said, and why would you not trust Christ? He said, because I don't want to give up my drinking, my smoking, my cigarettes, the way I live. See, he loved the darkness more than the light. He loved his cigarettes. He loved his, his, his drinking. He loved his drunkenness. He loved his drugs. He loved those things more than he loved what God has. So they love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. He says, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. That's why people don't like you if you're a Christian. Because they, you make them look bad. You know, they always like, well, who do you think you are? You're something goody two-shoes? I mean, think about this. Jesus never did anything wrong. He healed people. He, he raised people from the dead. He did all these good things. But what happened? They killed him. He never, ever did anything wrong ever in his life. And, and he says, but they hate the evil. They hate the light. And do not come to the light lest their deeds should be exposed. See, they don't want to come out. It's like when you turn the lights on and all the bugs go scurrying. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the people who are doing evil. What do they do? They run for the darkness, right? That's why the bars are dark. That's why all these places that people do their evil deeds, most of them are pretty dark, you know, because they want to be in there. They want to hide the corner. They want the corner booth and, 
when they're out there dating some woman that ain't their wife or their man that ain't their husband or whatever they're doing, you know. And so they're hiding in the darkness. Of course, some people do stuff in the daylight. Some, you know, people used to. I don't know that they, they always do anymore, but they'd be arrested and they'd always cover up their face. Now a lot of them are just like, look at me, because they're proud of their sin, you know. All these people coming out, you know, they're proud of their wickedness. You know, because right is wrong and wrong is right is what they think. And so, but they don't come to the light. They don't come to Jesus because they don't want to be exposed. They don't want to give them up. But he says, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. See, when you live as a Christian, you don't care if people look at your life. You know, it's like that old saying, y'all remember the saying, what you see is what you get. When you, when you see a Christian, that's what you should be able to say. What you see is what you get. But you know, you got these people, these hypocrites, they come to church and they dress up and they talk all nice and they do all these things. And then they walk out the door and they pull off that suit or that whatever it is and they go back to cussing and smoking and drinking and doing all the things they were doing before they walked in the door, right? Amen. They haven't changed in their heart, have they? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying people can't do some of that stuff and be saved, but if that's the way you live all the time, because some people struggle with things, you know, and sometimes it takes a long time to get past that because they're just not trusting in the Lord and believing the Lord to give them the strength to overcome those sins, those things in their life. Mm -hmm. But but when we're Christians, we come to the light because we want God to show, show us what we need to have fixed in our life, right? Was that Hebrews 4? It says that the Word of God is, is living and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it divides to the soul and the spirit and, and uh, uh, joints in the marrow and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. See, when you, when you read the Word of God, it slices you wide open. It says, Marty, <laughs> you're doing some things wrong. You need to quit, son. This is wrong. And you just go, wow. You know, and that word just speaks to you and it cuts you. Yes, it does. And when you listen to it, you pay attention to it, you come into that light, you know that God's speaking to your heart. You need to change, right? right. You know, it's like I heard about this little boy that, uh, and I'm sure, you, you know these people that are lepers and they rub their fingertips off and their noses and all these things off? It's not because, it's because they have no feeling in their fingertips and stuff. And so they don't know they're rubbing these things all the way off, right? But I heard about a little boy that he had, his body just did not know when it was hurt. So when his, he was bleeding, his body didn't know when to send all the lymphocytes and the leukocytes and all these white blood cells and these clotting agencies that cause the body to clot and make scabs and to heal, right? And so something that might take a few days for us to heal, it would take weeks for him to heal. If he ever broke a bone, then what happened? It would take months and months and months for that bone to heal because his body did not know it was hurt. Because it didn't have this feeling to be able to know where it was hurt. And if we don't read the Word of God, we don't know where we're messed up, where we need to get fixed, and why what we need to do in our lives to be right with God, whether it's to be saved or to live for Him, right? 
But when we listen and we come to the light, that word speaks to our heart and it shows us the things that we need to fix in our lives and, and that maybe that we need to be saved. And, and so when we come, our deeds can be clearly seen that they've been done in God. And people know that we belong to Him because of the way we live and the things we do, right? And so that's what we need to talk about is people who don't know the Lord is because they don't want to know the Lord. They just, they want to live the way they want to live, do the things they want to do. Well, you know, I don't think none of us probably, and you know, I, especially when I was younger, I, you know, didn't want anybody to tell me what to do or whatever. And, you know, as you come to the Lord, as you get older, you, 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 you're better at that, right? But sometimes just something in you just says, you just want to rebel, right? That's, that's the old sin nature that, you know, sometimes we have that in us, but we're like the boy that, there was two boys and one of them, his daddy said, go do this, and the one said, I'll go do it, and he didn't do it, right? And the other one, at first, he said he wouldn't do it, but then what happened? He went and did it, right? See, because he got convicted, that was what was right. And see, sometimes as Christians, we're that way too. And at first we go, nah, I'm not going to do that, but then we go, you know what? That's really right. That's what we should be doing, and that's what the Lord will want us to do, and I need to do that. So those that know the Lord, they, they don't care if people look at their lives because they're not trying to hide all these things. But people that don't know the Lord, they're always trying to hide. One man said it like this, and I'll quit. He said, uh, he said if you're going to be a liar, you better have a really good memory because you got to remember what you told this one and that one and that one and that one and that one and you got to be able to keep your story straight for all these different people that you told them lies to right? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, but that ain't going to happen but you know what the Lord knows our hearts and you can never lie to him you can never fool him so I hope and pray that every single one of you know that you know that you know if you die today, you'd go to heaven. And if, you, and if you don't, that you'd ask you today to forgive you and save you, to put your trust in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, for my sins and the sins of the whole world, and that whoever believes, whoever puts their faith, their trust, their total whole being, just saying, God, I want to be saved and forgiven because of what you did. That's trusting Him, right? Y'all sat on these chairs or you mm -hmm. sat on your walker or whatever it is you sat on, but you trusted that walker not to fall, right? Yeah. In the same way you throw your full weight on that walker or that chair, throw your full weight on Jesus and say, God, I need to be forgiven. I need to be saved. And put your trust in Him and ask Him to forgive you and save you. And the Bible says, whoever calls on his name shall be saved because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those that know him, thank you for who he is and what he's done for you and how much he loves you that he gave his only begotten son for you and for me and for all those who have ever lived, ever will live, and ever have lived. And he paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Isn't that great? Yes, sir. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you that God so loved, that you loved us so much that you gave your only son. And the reason it's your love is because he's God too. 
and he gave and he died and he lived a perfect sinless life and that, that we could not live and he died to death we could not die and he paid for the sins we could not pay for. And Lord, if there's even one that doesn't know you today, that they would cry out in their hearts and say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Save me. They would just take you at your word and trust in you today. And the rest of us would be thankful for who you are and what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.